Greetings. My name is Michael Govier, and you are now listening to The First Day Pod. My co-host, Leanne Hello, and myself welcome you in. We love talking about mental health and the many avenues that that can take you down. Today's avenue is about resiliency, finding the resilience to bounce back, but accepting and understanding and not living in denial. Being resilient doesn't mean you just blow it off and you move forward. No, no, no. Leanne Hello is going to talk about resiliency and mental health in a way that you can accept the terms of whatever event has befallen you. That is what we try to do here on the show, and that's what we're going to do today. I'm still playing softball, so this is all you get of me once again. But don't worry, there's going to be more of me soon. When August is over, I will be back in the saddle with Leanne. We're very excited to have you aboard for today's First Day Pod. Hi, guys. Okay, so welcome to the First Day Pod. I am your host, Leanne Hello, and... Um, our other host, Michael Govier, will not be with us today. Um, if you guys are, you know, weekly listeners, then you know that he's got softball this summer. And um, we just weren't able to get our schedules together to do another time. So um, it is just me. I do not have a guest today. So we are going to be talking about resiliency um, or being resilient or what that means and how do we navigate it? How do we become it? So um, I wanted to start off by, of course, thanking you guys for being here. Um, as you guys know, I say it every week. Mike says it when he's here. We love the communication and we love doing this live. So we're able to talk um, back and forth with you guys through the comments. Um, it's what makes the show really. So if any of you guys know, um, if you're new to the show, then you know or you won't know. Um, we do a book club every week on Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern time until nine o'clock. And this um, book that we're doing right now is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So uh, it was interesting because we are on chapter two and three. Uh, and I read that today. And I also we kind of figured out what we were going to talk about um, last night. And they both kind of went hand in hand and it wasn't, we didn't choose the topic because of that. So it's just interesting how the universe kind of works and gives you what you need. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I will tell you how we kind of came up with this. So, um, I was talking to Mike and I said, okay, so I gave him a couple ideas and Hey Ed, good to see you. Um, so I was talking to Mike and I gave him a couple ideas and I was like, what do you think? What, what should we talk about? And uh, it's always different, you know, because if we don't have a guest then we kind of, it's whatever we want. And our podcast, if you're new to this, it is all about mental health, addiction. Um, we want to just share wisdom, education, empowerment with you um, just to make life a little bit better each day. So um, it's kind of open. We can talk about whatever we want. And so he actually um, asked a few people, you know, what they thought. And something that came up was it was a really cool question. And they said, what if you guys talk about like how long can we kind of wallow in our stuff and that's okay and that's, you know, self-care and taking care of ourselves and, and giving ourselves grace. And where is that stopping point of like, okay, that's enough. We need to move on. Um should we be wallowing at all? Should we be? So um, so then that really came down to the idea of resilience. So we thought we would talk about that today. Um, as always, this conversation may end up skewing in another direction depending on the questions that you guys ask or the comments that you guys have. And that's what I love about it. So we are going to start with resilience and then we are going to move our way through it. So what resilience really is, um, and I'm not an expert. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. This is everything that we're we're going to be talking about is either going to be my opinion um, or stuff that I found while I was doing a little bit of research for this. Um, and again, we kind of just thought about it now. So, um, so anyway, so resilience, what that is basically is your ability to bounce back after a significant event, after um, trauma, after... Um, anything that's been trying, and it's your ability to bounce back after that. 
the big caveat that I want to be able to explain, um, and I think this is really, really important in anything that we're talking about when we're talking about well-being, when we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about techniques and strategies, um, is that we're all going to have moments and we're all going to have situations that are going to come up uh, that are not going to be great. We're going to have people that are going to pass away. We are going to have troubles. We are going to have family members that are going through things. We are going to have loved ones that are going through things. So resilience is your ability to bounce back or to navigate through um, in a in a kind of a um, better, not better, but an, an easier way and a, a way of being able to protect kind of your mental health while you're going through it or when you're coming out of it. But it is not to say that you are not going to have feelings of sadness and grief and um, you're going to go through all of those natural human emotions. And if you're not, that's when you want to start questioning why are you not feeling those feelings too because it, it's okay um, to feel those feelings. Um, so I just want to put that like kind of caveat in there because I want you to realize that when we're saying whatever this conversation is going to turn into, it's not a, you know, be strong, don't show your emotion. That's not what it is. It's just how do we get out of it in a way that we're able to still function, in a way that we're still able to do our daily task and, and move on. So, um, oh, Ed, very nice. Okay, great. What an awesome topic. Okay, well then I am looking forward, Ed, to hearing your thoughts on this too. So whatever you want to chime in, please feel free. So that's kind of what resilience is. Um, and I was looking in, I wanted to see, you know, are you able to build resilience and are you able to, or is it just kind of like some people are wired that way and some people aren't? And that was what was really exciting about the chapter that were the chapters that we're reading in the book right now that we're going to be discussing tomorrow. And it is all about the mind body connection and the whole thing. So we talk about this a lot and we know that there is a connection. What I love about this book, even though this book was written in 2012, so we've come a really long way even from that. But this book is like the scientific way of explaining all of kind of the the soft skills that we kind of already have known um, and the the ideas that we know about the universe. But this is actually like all about quantum mechanics, that it's a real thing, that there really is a mind-body connection. One of the things that they talk about, and I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something like the thinking-feeling loop. And so our feelings are based off of what we think but eventually our feelings and so our feelings are off of what we think. So we think something and then we feel it. But if that ends up happening too often, then it ends up turning out that our feelings then um, make us think what we're thinking. So it's this loop and it's just it keeps going and keeps going. And so you can't get out of it. So that's where when we're in these um in these situations that, you know, we've always been the victim or that we've always felt guilty or that we've always, and we keep finding evidence of why we're the victim, why we're the victim. And, oh, there it happened again. And, oh, they treated me that way again. And we keep building this and we have these thoughts and we think them, and then we start feeling like the victim. And then we'll start finding the evidence and then we'll start thinking that way. And then it'll be this constant loop and you won't get out of it. So resilience, you're going to have a really hard time building that if you're in that loop. And so there's a lot of things that we can do to kind of get ourselves out of it. This book, I'm really excited, like super excited to be reading the whole thing um, with the group. So if you guys are interested, again, it's free. Um, it's one hour Monday nights, eight o'clock Eastern time. And we've, we've actually got um, a free PDF. So if you don't want to buy the book, um, me personally, I always need to buy the books because I love having the actual paper that I can write on and highlight and all that good stuff. But we have the free PDF for you as well. Um, and there's a free audio version. So we would be happy to have you um, to discuss all of this because you're going to have a lot of really good um, ways of kind of um, breaking the habit of being yourself. So and the way that we're thinking. So one of the things 
uh, that that in the research that I was doing about how to build resiliency, one of the big things is flexibility and being open to change and understanding that things change. And I have fallen trap, like into that trap of, of wanting to control so much. And, you know, you kind of wear being a type A personality as a badge of honor. And sometimes, you know what, it just isn't. Not trying to control everything, especially the uncontrollable, will really wreak havoc. And that will have a really hard time of getting out of these um, these bad feelings in these, these situations because you're trying to control the situation instead of just accepting that, okay, this is where I'm at and it's okay. And I, oh, <laughs> it's funny. That wasn't planned, but... Um, I want to say thank you to Janice. Janice is one of our listeners and she's in our book club and she's probably here. She's going to be in the comments soon, I'm sure. And she um, pointed out to me, she gave me this shirt and I don't know if you can see it, but she made it for me, her and her daughter. Um, and it says, that's okay, because I guess I say that a lot. And <laughs> it's true because I say it in a way that, you know, if people, we just have to accept everybody. Like we have to accept everybody. We have to accept situations. And you know what? When things happen, that's okay. We can move on. So anyway, Janice, thank you so much. I love, love, love this shirt. So um, yeah, and she made it my favorite color. I love pink and I love gray. So thank you. Thank you. Anyway, so um, yeah, so that is, that's one of the things. Um, the other is that we need to have kind of a full picture of things. We can't sit in whatever that situation is right now, whatever's happening. And I'll actually give you a very good example. I'll give you kind of a really good example. So last night I had, um, I was having a little bit of a difficult time. I didn't even realize I was having a difficult time actually. And I was talking to Mike on the phone and I was really tired and I wasn't feeling good. And, you know, you just don't function at the same level when you're, when you're in that state, you just don't. And, um, he had come home from like a seven mile walk and he I don't even know what it was. I was just sensitive. And <laughs> he started talking about how much he missed me and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I miss you too. And then we were talking about the podcast and all this kind of stuff. And I just started getting really, really sad. And then I was like, I started getting these thoughts, which is so, we've been together forever. So, but I started getting these thoughts that, oh my goodness, is this becoming too difficult for him? We've been apart for any of you that are new and, you know, are just meeting us, um, we have been together for quite a long time, but the last 18 months we've been separated by the border because of COVID. So, um, but that looks like that's going to change this week. So, so excited. Um, but anyway, so I started getting this thought in my head of, oh my gosh, is he going to break up? Like, are, is he done? Can he just not handle this anymore? Is this just <laughs> so silly? Anyway. Um, but instead of talking to him about it, I let that thought be in my head. And then I started feeling these feelings that went along with when in the past I have felt like somebody may be breaking up with me. And, um, it was funny. So now that I'm like reading all this, I'm like, I'm more aware anyway. So I started having these thoughts, but I wasn't talking to him about it. And I started feeling these feelings like, oh my gosh. Okay. And then I started feeling really sad. And then I feel, and then I started like, filling my head with all this other stuff. And I started gripping and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to bed. I'm really tired. And he's like, no, something's going on. We need to talk about it. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm going to go to bed. So I got off the phone and normally I would start thinking about all of the worst case scenarios and, oh my gosh, she's going to break up with me. And, oh my goodness, like, what am I going to do? But instead I ended up figuring out you know what? I'm going to ask myself, like, what is it? Like, what triggered this? Why am I feeling this way? So I started asking myself the questions. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that sometimes having a conversation like you're your best friend, instead of just with your ego, like just talk like you're talking to your best friend. Hey, what's going on? 
why are you feeling this way? And have that conversation. Then all of a sudden you realize what you're worried about isn't even real. And what it turned out to be is I always look forward to doing the podcast. And this is going to sound so, so silly. I don't even know why I'm sharing this. But anyway, I really look forward to doing the podcast with Mike every week. And now it's been four or five weeks or whatever it's been. And I'm missing that. And so when we started talking about missing each other in the relationship, and then we started talking about the podcast, then I started compounding all of this stuff. And then I started believing all of this silly stuff about now we're not in the podcast anymore. So, oh my goodness, is that his way of so silly? So instead of me ruminating in my head, thinking and doing that loop of like, I feel awful. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking these bad thoughts. And I just called him back up and I was like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Is that true? Like, are you feeling that way? We need to talk about it. And he was like, that doesn't even cross my mind. And then we were able just to work through it. So seeing the big picture is huge and not sitting in your head, being able to talk to other people. So building community is huge. And if that can't be a significant other, that's fine. Uh, the majority, like there's so many of us that are single that we don't have a significant other, but you can find either a community of people that you can talk to. You can find whatever you're feeling. You can, I promise you, there's probably a Facebook group that's dedicated to people that are going through the exact same thing. Therapists, counselors, uh, family members, if you have uh, family members that you can confide in, friends, Building a community that you can discuss what you're going through is huge for building resiliency or becoming resilient because you're able to see the, the patterns that you create for yourself and then ways of getting away from it. So for me, I know one of my patterns is sitting in my head thinking I can do this alone and then it's, it never works out well when I do that. So now I know that I have to either go to the source of where I'm having the issue with or go to, you know, if it's not with Mike, maybe it's with a friend and I have to go directly to them or to my family or whatever. So anyway, so that's one of the things is is really starting to, to have a conversation with yourself to see what you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Um, so then you can kind of look at it in a, in a bigger picture um, and open up your blinders so it's not just I'm in this situation. I'm never going to get out of it. Uh, I'm going to stop there just for a quick second because I see Ed said something and I always love his comments. So I'm going to throw them up on the screen here. And actually, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do the whole thing here. So anyway, it says, for me, my resilience began with help from others. Okay, <laughs> here we go. That's great. The help was not about telling me what I needed or what I should do. The help allowed me to vocalize my problem. I felt like a real person with value. The other the other was about recognizing my thoughts and feelings. Oh my gosh, okay, so this is great. I okay. They were all the same. How worthless I am, how I'm a failure, etc. So I questioned those thoughts, wondered what would happen if I created a new thought. I belong. I'm worth it. They sounded unbelievable, but I wondered why I did. Hmm, but I wondered why did I. Okay, and then what is this? Okay, so that cut off. So I'm not able to finish what that was, but um, he has another part of it. And it says, so I changed my thoughts slowly. Then through more positive actions, actions is key. We need to get back to that. It also helped to continue to change those thoughts. I learned I can't trust my thoughts, but I could act my way into good thinking. Amen. Thank you, Ed. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So that is huge, 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 huge. So mom and I were actually talking about this um, today and uh, not about resilience, not about the podcast, but more about the book. And one of the things that uh, they were saying in the book is that you cannot, if you have negative feelings, so if you have that negative feelings, not just the thoughts, but you feel that negative or negativity, you can't stop it just by positive thinking. You can't do it because your mind and your body have to be aligned in order for you to start becoming that person. So if you want to become a happy person, you can't just think happy thoughts. You have to feel happy. 
Um, if you, you know, cause if you're, if you're really sad, I can almost guarantee you, if you feel sad, you're thinking sad thoughts. I'm, I'm almost certain that you're not thinking really happy thoughts and you're feeling really sad when it's really deep and it's really um, becoming part of your personality. It's because they're both fully aligned. So you have, you can't just think positively and then it can make you happy or it can get you out of it. What Ed is saying is that he can act his way into good thinking. And so that is huge. And that is that is like a key component of anything that we're doing for our mental health. It comes in the action because the action takes us out of our head. And that is where all the trouble is because that is where all of our conditioning is. So we need to, the, the more that we act, um, that's where that's where we're going to be in our true self. And even if it's not, even if it's an, an action that we're going to take that we don't even believe in, but it's something and we can see if we believe in it by doing it. But by just thinking about it, it's not going to change anything. So, um, yeah, so that is huge. And when mom and I were talking about it, it was because everybody thinks that I like I even I started a Facebook group um, called Hello Happiness and um, hello to everybody that's in it. I really wanted it because I I really do believe that we need to have more happiness in our lives. We need to be acting in a way because we all are doing all of these things. Anything that we are, our goals and what we're trying to achieve is all because we want to feel good at the end. So all the money that we want to make, it's because we think that it's going to make us feel good at the end. You know, being in the relationship, whatever we're doing, it's all because we want to be happy. And so, but it comes from action. And so everybody is always like, oh, well, you know, Lee's little miss positive and she's always telling you to be positive. But the reason why I'm generally, and yes, I have, I mean, I just explained it to you guys when I went into that fearful thinking and I went into that limited belief, I, we still go into those things, but my core is happy, not because I just think happy thoughts, but because I do happy things and I look at life more optimistically and that is a choice, but it's a skill. So like anything, we have to keep practicing in order to change things. So with resiliency, and it's so funny because I started getting like a little bit nervous because it was like there are people, um, just like any topic that we'll talk about, but there are people that study re just resilience. Just being resilient is a whole topic that you can learn and you can study for years and years and years. Um, but to me, one of the big cruxes of it is that people will start to try to be resilient and try to do the things that are, you know, that they say to do. Um, but another part of it is that confidence, confidence and, and resilience, I think go hand in hand, just like just every piece of our well-being comes from confidence. And Ed hit it right on the head is that one of the things is not feeling like you're worthy, not feeling like you have value. And so we don't have confidence. And when we don't have confidence, we let people walk all over ourselves or all over us. Um, when we don't have confidence, we don't try new things because we just don't think that we're going to be able to do it. We aren't curious because being curious, you have to have a confidence level in you in order to be curious because you know that you're going to probably sound silly and you're going to probably make mistakes and you're probably, but all of those kinds of things, if you're not confident, you're not going to take those steps. And so I think when we're talking about resilience, we also need to talk about confidence um, and we need to build our confidence and building our confidence, just like resilience, just like any skill that we do, we can do it in little baby steps. So we don't have to all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, okay, I can handle anything, throw it at me and I can do it. But we can start looking at things a little bit differently every day because things come at us. You get in a car, I can pretty much guarantee somebody's going to act like a jerk on the road. Like probably if you're on a busy street, somebody there doesn't know how to drive. So, <laughs> um, and if, if, 
there isn't somebody, then you may be that person. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, I'm not joking. That might be you. So anyway, so, but there's always usually somebody that is going to, um, you know, kind of share lanes with you or somebody that's going to weave in front of you or somebody's going to do something. The way that you handle that situation is a good little baby step in how you're going to deal with the bigger things. And we don't think about that. We think about, okay, well, what's going to happen if my husband leaves me or what's going to happen when so-and-so dies or what's going to happen? Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Well, if you don't try to start handling all of the little things that bug you and irritate you and push your buttons, then you're not going to have the you you're not going to have built the skill to be able to handle the big big things. So um I think that's one of the things that we need to start looking at are are what are the things that we can do today to build resilience just today just in little things and what are the things that we can do to build confidence just today. One of the things that we can do to build confidence that's really simple Make a promise to yourself. I don't care what it is, whatever it is. Wake up at six o'clock. Okay. Make that promise to yourself and then keep it. Your promise is you're going to drink two cups of water or two liters of water or two gallons of water, whatever it is. When you make the promise, keep it. I'm going to go and tomorrow I'm going to go run three miles. Keep it. All these little, little, little promises that we all break, I break them all the time, um, but that feeds into your confidence because then you're always listening to yourself. You are always listening to yourself. You are always seeing what you're doing. Other people might not. If you only post on Facebook all the good things that you're doing, your friends may think, you're amazing. And oh my gosh, she's so fit or she's so this or he's so that. Because they see it a couple times a week. But the other five days a week, you're sleeping in, you're not drinking your water. And when I say you, I mean me. Um, that's that's a problem because those we're not building any sort of confidence in ourselves. So if we're not building our confidence in ourselves in the little things, we're not going to be able to build them in the big things. Um, one of the things that I learned last year, I trained for a marathon and I always told myself I would never be able to run a marathon. Um, I don't really run. I walk. So I told myself I wouldn't be able to walk a marathon. So I always just signed up for half marathons because I can do that. Well, it does, doesn't take a lot out of me to do that because I'm a natural, like I just am a natural fast walker and I like walking. And so it's not a big deal. But training for a marathon is a challenge. During that summer, I had a schedule and I promised myself I was going to stick to that schedule and I never looked past the next day. So it was just like the next day I knew, okay, tomorrow I have to uh, run three miles or walk three miles. I promised myself I would do that. I don't care what the next six weeks looks like. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. And I did that every day for whatever the training was. I think it was like two months or something. I did that every single day. And by the end of it, I had so much confidence and it wasn't because I looked better or because I was smarter or because I was had a promotion or I had any of the stuff that would give me confidence. It was because I promised myself something and I kept it. I kept my word and that kept growing. And then I had the confidence to know that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And now it's like I can do bigger things. And I'm still falling. I still fall. I still say I'm going to drink water and then I don't. I still say that I'm going to go to bed on time and I don't. But I'm just not making it a commitment. That's it. The marathon was a commitment. It had a target and I stuck to it. And so I think that's one of the things that we need to do as well is we need to start setting goals for ourselves and sticking to them. And that's not just coming from me either. That's one of the things that um, psychologists have said, because if you have purpose and if you have goals, you're able to get out of these, these situations because you have something to look forward to, if that makes sense. Um, so even when, you know, somebody passes in your life, or even when you go through a major tragedy, I want you to grieve. 
I don't want you to push that under the rug. I don't want you to say, hey, I'm fine. I'm going to work. Like, I'm great. Still grieve with your family. Still grieve by yourself. Still do the steps of what you need to do. But is that okay that a month later you're still not going back to work because you just you just can't go on because they're no longer here? That's not fair to you. That's not fair to them. And there comes a certain point that we need to have goals that are bigger than us that can push us out of these poor feelings. Um, so I'm going to, again, stop there and see what, oh, Ed has to say. So he says, resilience is a challenging goal, will not be attained in one day. Absolutely. Starting with one goal a day, then slowly build on those daily goals. It's like I'm reading your stuff first. This is so awesome. <laughs> Eventually, these actions will become a habit. Amen. Then... Um, they become a behavior. Before you know it, you look back and you see how much you changed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He says, I use the word goal like you use the word promise. Use the word that inspires you. Gosh, I love him. I should have him on the podcast one day. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, and that's funny because we just had him. So if you guys are new, you guys can look back uh, two episodes ago and he came on um, and shared a story and some just amazing pieces of gold to move forward and to build resilience. We actually kind of talked about that in that podcast episode as well. So that is some of the things. Um, community is huge. Uh, community is big. Perspective is huge. Looking at things that we can control and that we can't control. Um, somebody remind me what that, um, I think it's like an AA saying or something. Um, grant me the serenity to deal with things that I cannot change the something for me to be able to change the things that I can and the wisdom for me to know the difference. Um, that really butchered that and I'm sorry, but, um, that is a really good, really good thing to live by because especially if you're type a, especially if you're a go-getter, um, you want to believe that you can change everything. That you could just, if you work hard enough, you can change things. And there are just some things that you just can't change. And some things that are just not worth changing because the amount of energy that it would take to change, especially somebody else, you're, you only have so much energy in a day and you're taking that away from building your, um, your gift for the world. And so, um, I think, I think that we need to really understand, um, Oh, thank you, Michelle. Okay. So Michelle says, God grant me the serenity to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. And I think there's a piece in the middle there too, but thank you so much, Michelle. Um, it's a beautiful saying and that's huge. And that's huge in building resilience because there's a lot of things that we just can't change. Somebody passes in our life, we can't change that. And so one of the things that people hang on to is why did that happen? I wish that didn't happen. You know, and we can feel that immediately, but then holding on to that, you can't change it. It doesn't matter how much we talk about it, it's not going to change. And so why put that much energy into it? It does not mean that you don't love them. It's not that means that you don't miss them, but you can't change that. It's unfortunately over now. Um, you can pray to them. You can keep their their um, spirit alive. You can keep the memories alive. You can do all of that good stuff. Um, and that's okay. But you can't bring them back. As cold as that sounds, but we know we can't bring them back. And so why would we waste our energy on that? It's It's just not fair. And so building our resilience is really, it's, you're right, Ed, it's so multifaceted and it takes step by step by step, but building it in the little things right now uh, is one of the easiest, not the easiest, but the best ways to do it. So then when the big things hit, we have built that skill. It's kind of like when we're working out, if I'm going to go in, I'm going to lift weights. Well, you can tell I don't lift weights the way that I'm doing it, <laughs> but, um, and if you're listening on the podcast, I, I do, we do this podcast, um, on YouTube and on Facebook at first day pod, and we do it live as a video. And so that's why a lot of people can see what I just did. And I prove that I do not go to the gym, but anyway, if I'm going to go lift weights, uh, I'm not going to be able to lift a hundred pounds right away. And rationally, everybody understands that they say, well, of course you're not going to be able to, you have to build 
up to it. And when it's physical things, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm sure we have, when it's physical things, we all have our head around it and we can say, okay, yeah, well, you just have to build that. You just have to work and start small and then keep going and be consistent. And then eventually you'll be there. Well, why do we think that we should just be there with skills that we were never taught? We weren't taught to be resilient. We weren't taught to be confident. That is for sure. Um, Even if our parents tried, our schoolmates definitely helped not um, give us confidence. And so we're expected somehow as becoming an adult, as soon as you turn 18, well, you should be confident. You should have resilient skills. You should have communication skills. You should have all these kind of things. And we just don't. And then we're afraid to try and we're afraid to build because we have this expectation that we should be at the certain level. So I think as soon as we understand that really none of us are at any, you know, like my resiliency might be higher than you, but your communication level may be higher than me. You know, like we all have these skills and we just can keep growing by talking and having these conversations, which I think are really, really um, important. Ed says it's, oh, he's got the middle part. Okay. So God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I can't change, to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. Okay. So thank you, Ed. And thank you, Michelle. So um, what else, what else do we want to talk about resilience? Um, Some of the other things that they, um, they were talking about too. I did a little bit of research because I just wanted to see all of this that I've been talking up into like up until this point has just been like my thoughts. Um, And so again, I'm not a professional, but I do know that I have somewhat of a, I've built that skill. Um, And I actually, I don't really know how I did it, but I do think that I did it slowly. I think I did it slowly in school. Um, You know, I was bullied. I mean, I feel like if you weren't bullied, it was probably because you were were the bully. And there's always only one bully in the classroom. So if there were 30 kids, there might only be one kid that wasn't a bully, but he was probably bullied somewhere else in his life. So I feel like we've all been bullied. But anyway, um, I, I really wanted always to be, I didn't want to be, but I, I was always kind of like a happy kid. And I always wanted to like make other people happy. And that was kind of like my jam. Like I loved it. So I I naturally kind of looked at situations with the silver lining. I always kind of looked at the cup half full. And sometimes, you know, in your 20s, people judge you on that. And they talk about like, oh, you know, do you, is everything like rainbows and butterflies? No, it's not. But we get to choose how we respond to things right? Like we just do. And, you know, except for, I'm not ever talking about people that do have major mental illness that they, it's a chemical imbalance or there's something that, you know, they had trauma to their brain and it is not functioning properly. I'm never talking about people like that um, because God love you. Like, I just, I think about that so much um, because they, they can't change. They can't make these choices because their brain, unfortunately, pieces of the brain are not firing the way that it needs to in order to do that. But the majority of us are not in that situation, even if we deal with depression. Look at Ed. I want you guys to go back. If you haven't, you know, been a follower, look back to weeks ago. Um, so this is, I think 71, 71. So I think it was like six episode 69. Uh, look back at that. Ed has, I just hate bringing it up, Ed, but it's just so important. Ed has gone through suicidal thoughts and tried multiple times in the double digits And he eventually got to the point that he was able to choose a different path. It's not easy. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, but there is ultimately a, like a choice that can be made. And listening to this, 
you can maybe that is your sign that, you know what, I'm just going to make the choice and not the choice to change your life, but the choice to look at things a little bit differently. The choice to look at things a little bit more optimistically. The choice to see that not everything, nothing, nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent other than if somebody has passed away, that's permanent until if you do believe that you're going to see them again, then that's wonderful. And I do believe that. So I'm able to hold on to that. But that's the only thing that's permanent is when form dies. That's it. Everything else changes. So if everything else changes, good and bad, why hang on to it? Right? So why be so dead set on things when you know they're going to change anyway? Um, Okay. I need to get back. Okay. So let me get back <laughs> to the comments. Mike, I miss you a lot on this because he is, has this amazing ability to be able to talk and pop things up without actually doing the squirrel thing, but I can't. So here we go. So Michelle says, I think resilience is a lot like flexibility in that it takes, oh, this is so good, Michelle. Okay. So I think resilience is a lot like flexibility in that it takes time to build flexibility through a yoga practice. It is a practice to become physically more flexibility flexi or flexible. Flexibility is a practice with respect to our thoughts and feelings also. Boom. Absolutely. Michelle, that is amazing. Yes. And that's actually one of the keys. Flexibility and, oh, I wish, I wish... Matt was there's a there's a term that they use in psychology and basically it mean I can't remember that but there's a word that they use but it basically means flexibility I'm so glad that you brought that up and that's what it is is looking at different things in different ways and being open to it and okay how can we look at it a little bit differently how can we approach it a little bit differently and doing that the little things just like the flexibility, that's a perfect example. I'm not going to be able to do the splits right away. But if you keep doing it, eventually you'll get there. Um, amazing. Ed says, we must honor our feelings. They all tell us something. All emotions are important. Yes, yes. There is no negative emotion. This is true. This is such a good topic, actually. If we acknowledge them, they will eventually pass on their own. We need to listen to the message. I have never died feeling my emotions. <laughs> True. But they do last longer if I try to avoid fight or judge them. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Okay. So you guys, I just thank you very much, Michelle and Ed. This is wonderful. So let me put this back up here. So when Ed is talking about they do last longer if we try to avoid them, that's one of the things. So in the beginning when we were talking about being able to have that conversation with ourselves so we can see why are we feeling this way, what thoughts are creating these feelings, and talk ourselves through it, then we're kind of shining a light on this darkness and all of a sudden the dark goes away. Um, there's another term in psychology – I can't remember what psychologist, um, anyway, I can't remember who coined, coined this, but there's a term that they say, tame it to, no, uh, name it to tame it. And that's exactly what it is. When you have these emotions or you're having these feelings, if you just keep, if you just keep like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. You're not going to be able to handle it. But if you can say, oh, I'm feeling and name it and explain it, then you're able to kind of tame it. You're able to kind of see that, okay, I'm feeling sad. Why am I feeling sad? What what triggered this sadness and who triggered the sadness or what memory triggered this sadness? And having these conversations, you can kind of realize that, oh, that's because I was, I was conditioned that when somebody says this, this is how I should feel. Or in the past, when somebody said A, it usually led to B. And so because they said A, I think B will happen even though it won't, i.e. when I had the conversation with Mike and he was talking about seeing couples and missing us and it's very difficult. When I hear, oh, this is difficult, I think, okay, he can't handle it because other men in the past have not been able to handle things. And so if he can't handle it, then that means that we're going to break up and that's where I'm going to go to. It is this, this loop that is so ingrained that it's a habit 
even if it's not with the same person, it's just you have all these senses that just like pick up on something. It's so incredible. Um, anyway, and then the other thing that Ed said that I thought was really good is when he was talking about there's no negative emotion. So we as humans characterize anger, sadness, um, all of these kind of feelings or emotions as bad or negative but they're not. They're all part of it. Um, and so we just have to have, we have to reframe the way that we look at life. And we have to reframe the way that we look at our feelings and our emotions and start asking questions about where did this belief come from? That's huge too. Because a lot of our beliefs, it's not our beliefs a lot of the time. A lot of the time is because we were told you know, either by a parent or by a family member or by a friend or by TV, that if we feel this way, you know, it means this. Or if this happens, we should feel this way. And we just get into this bad loop. Um, so asking more questions, really, really important. Um, and again, asking questions comes from being confident. So building our confidence, it always goes hand in hand. Ed says, my motto is, Nothing changes if nothing changes. In order to change, I need to become aware of the problem, the thoughts, or the feelings. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. If we keep doing the same thing, we're going to keep getting the same result. But then the craziness is that we think that, why, isn't th why aren't things changing? Because we're not changing. So um, that's another thing. With the building the community, another part of it is building the community um, and building our, I guess they don't go super hand in hand. I feel like they do because my learning, a lot of it comes from my community because I build a community around me to learn. Um, but community is huge, but also learning and growing and exploring. And all of the more that we grow and the more that we learn, the more that we realize we don't know. And so I feel like we even though it's counterintuitive, I feel like the fact that we can understand that there's so much that we don't know, for me anyway, I'll just speak for me, it builds my confidence because I then realize there's no way that everybody knows everything. There's no way. When we're teenagers or we're in our 20s, we somehow like build this feeling that everybody knows how to do everything, you know, and that once you're older, then you just know how to do everything. But the more that you learn, you more you learn that you don't know a lot more. And so then it, it becomes easy for us to keep learning because we realize it's kind of like a never ending. You're a constant student. And so now it's like there are no dumb questions. Now you can just keep asking the questions. You can have the confidence because if you don't have that answer, that's okay because the person that's going to give you the answer is going to feel good because they have it. But you know how many answers they don't have and how many questions then they have to ask? So it's just, it's really fascinating. If we can just give ourselves grace, like as a community, as like a the human being, like our whole race, if we can all just start giving ourselves a little bit of grace um, and listening to one another and communicating, I think we'd be so, so well off. Um, and then Ed says, what's funny is a lot of where, what, what's funny is a lot of, okay. So I'm missed that or it might be because I'm tired. <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, this has been, I love doing these topics. Um, I really do. And I like doing them um, just kind of in an open talk. Um, I get like a couple ideas that I want to kind of talk about. Oh, okay. So Ed says, sorry, you must have just hit it accidentally. So what's funny is many of our belief systems come from when we were young. We interpret, interpret an event or something told to us and it becomes a part of our beliefs. How many of us take advice from kids? It is, yeah, it is so bizarre that we do. We take this advice or, or beliefs from somebody else and then we internalize it and all of a sudden it becomes our belief and we live our entire adult life on that belief even though we never questioned it. Um, 
so yeah, being critical with the way that we're, the way that we think, um, is really a big, big deal. Like we need to really start questioning what we're thinking and what we're believing, uh, and be okay to change. Be okay. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to somebody, who was I talking to anyway? And I was saying, don't change. Um, I hope that you're not going to change, um, you know, for them. And I do believe that I don't ever want anybody to change for somebody else. But when I said that, I thought, hold on a second, that don't change motto, like hang on to who you are, is only good if you're living your values and you are living your true self. And quite frankly, the majority of us are not. So I would rather see everybody keep changing. Just keep changing. Just become a chameleon that you just kind of, well, not a chameleon because don't like change into what other people are, but keep changing and keep growing and keep experimenting and keep just trying. And all of that will build resilience. It'll build confidence because you'll realize that if you can kind of keep changing and you can keep growing, then you know that you can keep finding skills to get out of you know, icky situations. You know that you're you're going to be nimble enough that you can move out of bad like bad situations, sad situations, um, all of this kind of stuff quicker. You can be more nimble. You can be like uh, Michelle was saying. You can be more flexible, and I think that is really really important too. Um, another another thing that came up. Um, which this wouldn't have been my thing, but it's very true. And I'm starting to live by this. Learn to relax, learn to relax. And, um, here's what I'm going to read exactly what it says. And I wish I had, I don't know where this is from, but probably like well body or something like that. Anyway, it says, learn to relax. When you take care of your mind and your body, you're better able to cope effectively with challenges in your life. Develop a good sleep routine. Try out a new exercise or physical relaxation techniques like deep breathing or meditation. That is huge. Again, I was like type A for a very long time. I didn't have time to meditate. Um, and I don't know what it is. Who? Some, some guru of some sort. I don't know. Anyway, they say that if you say that you don't have time to meditate, you need to do double as much as everybody else. So if you should only be doing, you know, meditation 20 minutes a day and you say that you don't have enough time, you better start dedicating 40 minutes or an hour because you need more of it to like calm yourself. Since I've been doing, and I don't do meditation every day, I would love to. Um, if I, if I have the time, I can make the time. I just don't make it a priority. But when I do it, I love it. I ground myself. I try to ground myself a couple times a week at least, if not every day. Sometimes I, some weeks I can go every day. Um, finding time to relax is huge. It calms down your nervous system. When you're in a relaxed state, you're able to handle things better. When you're in a relaxed state, you're able to see what's happening around you better. Um, when they were talking about finding um, physical exercise and being able to do that, huge, huge, um, because it it ends up helping your whole body. You get more oxygen into your body. Everything starts kind of moving the way that it's supposed to. Um, your oxytocin, your endorphins, all of this kind of the good chemicals start, you know, raging through your body, and you're able to have a better outlook. You know, when you talk to runners, there's a thing called a runner's high at the end where you just feel like it, like you're on top of the world. You could you could accomplish anything at the end of that run. And that's the same thing. You don't have to be a runner. You can get the same type of thing after a good walk, um, after a good exercise, after a good dance, after a good whatever you do. But doing that and getting all of those feel good hormones raging through your body, you're then able to become resilient because you're able to look at the situation a lot differently. And looking at it and changing your perspective is huge, but you can't change your perspective if you're still in the red zone, if you're still in this space that you can't see out of it. 
that is just like, oh my gosh, this is this is the end of it. I can't do anything. Oh my gosh. And if you're in this, how do you see anything else? You don't, you have no space to see anything else. And so relaxing sounds kind of counterintuitive because it's like, no, if I'm going through this, I need to, I need to grit down and I need to find a way out. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you need to just calm down, remove yourself from the situation, find peace, go inside. It sounds really woohoo, you guys, but it's true. And if we can calm our nervous system down, then we're able to do a whole heck of a lot more. And we're able to handle our family members more when we're going through these situations. We're able to speak um, better to people. And the other thing about the sleep is huge. Um, ever since I've been dating Mike, he has made that a very big um, priority in our life because he knows how important it is. Uh, again, as a type A, I wore two and three hours of sleep as a badge of honor because I thought, oh my gosh, that's so good because I'm so busy and I'm so important. So dumb. And so now I get seven hours of sleep. If I don't get seven hours before, if I got three, I was like, hey, I like slept in. That was awesome. Now I get seven. And I shoot for I shoot for nine. I shoot for like eight to nine. I would love it. But if I get seven, I'm I'm very happy. And so that is it helps um it helps your nervous system. It helps regulate everything. And um our body is an amazing, amazing machine. And our mind, we haven't even tapped into what our mind can do, guys. And so we need to take care of it. And sometimes that's just being calm and quiet. So let me go back here because we've got a couple more things. And Ed says, I'm sure what <laughs> I'm sure I was a bright seven-year-old, but my fears at seven don't need to exist now that I'm 50. I can handle a lot more than when I was seven. Very good point. Absolutely. That's the thing, too. We're able to deal with a lot more because we've been through a lot more and we have evidence that we've gotten through it. Anybody, anybody that is listening to this right now has gotten through everything that they've been through up until this point. Fact, right? Even if you're in something right now, you have other things that you have gotten through. And so that is evidence that you will be able to get through this as well. Um, and with every experience, we're building that muscle. And we're, like Michelle said, we're building that flexibility. Ed says, relaxing is very important. I always recommend Netflix and chill. <laughs> Ed, do you know what that means? <laughs> and he says, I don't start my work shift without a quick meditation first. Really? Three to five minutes is my gift to myself. That is beautiful, Ed. That is awesome. And that I love. I feel like maybe we'll end. Oh, there's Mike. Hey, Mike. He says, yep. So yep to something. Um. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, sorry. This was probably a private thing. John says I need a COVID test. Yeah. So, Mike hopefully is going to be coming over this week, but now we're having to deal with trying to figure out what all of the things are that he needs to do. And I think he needs to get an app of some sort. He needs to get a COVID test anyway. So, it's getting there. It's getting there. Super exciting. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to end on this note with Ed saying that he gives himself three to five minutes of meditation before he goes into work as a gift to himself. And the reason why that is super important, three to five minutes we all can do. When we go on our phone, I promise you, if you're scrolling, you're probably wasting three to five minutes. Instead, go to a Calm app or just put your phone away and three to five minutes can change a lot. So Ed, thank you so much. Michelle, thank you for being here. Thank you for commenting. Mike, hello. And anybody that is watching this in the replay, listening to us in the podcast, I thank you so much for listening to us. Um, if you guys have any suggestions about topics that you want to talk about, um, send them our way. You can find us on pretty much all of the social medias. Um, I will say that we're probably most active on Facebook and Twitter. We're trying to grow our YouTube. Um, so if you could sub us over there, that would be great. 
um, everything is at first day pod. And you can email us if you have um, anything that you would like to share with us privately, you can send that to firstdaypod at gmail.com. Also, what we used to do is we used to do uh, listeners questions. Now we do like a live here, which is amazing. But if you're not able to watch us live, uh, but you do have questions that you'd like us to show um, or go through on the um, the podcast, please feel free to email us those questions and we'll bring them up on the next show. So that is it. Um, a reminder, we've got the book club, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And again, if you want to be a part of it, just DM us or email us. And I think that is it. So thank you very much. A big hug to you all. Thank you for all your comments. And we will see you next week, Sunday nights at um, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks, guys. Bye.